You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Regulators! Mount up! It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E, so I could get some phones, rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. You can always know it is a fired up Jared when you hear Regulators as the intro music, because that is the music I play before I feel like it's time to regulate on some folks. Welcome into this Lockdown Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. I am your host, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can always get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. You can see all of my Browns writing on the OBR.com. That's the OBR.com, part of Scout Media's network. Uh, We've been around for a long time. We're going to be around for a long time more. And so today, I'm glad I held off and recording until this afternoon because I get to respond to an article by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com. Much like Tony Grossi on the ESPN, Cleveland um, have the largest following, the largest voice, the largest platform for those covering the Browns outside of Pat McMenamin of ESPN. Uh, and possibly even bigger because people see Pat now more as a national guy covering the Browns versus Uh, Tony and Mary Kay as the local people covering the Browns. Um, But to say that Mary Kay, Tony, and I disagree would be an understatement. Uh, Generally speaking, all we hear from Tony Grossi is negativity, a focus on things that aren't actually factually correct about the team, whether it's the defensive alignment of a 4-3 versus a 3-4. Hence, the Browns are generally speaking in nickel about 60 to 65 percent of the time and that means they have four down linemen four people generally with their hands in the dirt uh just like tony wants and yet the fact that the browns base defense is three four means he's going to struggle against it but today's not about tony today is about mary Kay cabot and her new article as well as uh, her interview uh on cbs radio about her article. So again, the news kind of starts with Mary Kay writing an article um, as opposed to there actually being any news. And basically what she says is that she wants the Browns to hire a football guy to be the GM. Gotta have a football guy. And so um, I want to start there, talk about what that would look like based on what she said. Uh, She wants him to have final say over all the personnel decisions. Wants Sashi Brown kind of pushed up um, pushed up to president or some type of title to kind of oversee things, which doesn't really matter if he doesn't really have say over the personnel decisions. It's kind of like just giving him kind of a, a king or queenship without any real power. Uh, she wants someone who, with, like Ozzie Newsom, she wants someone who's a football guy. Because for her and for many people, The 12 weeks of this new regime have proven they don't know what they're talking about. On the radio, she talked about the Oakland Raiders knowing they had David Carr, knowing they had Khalil Mack, so they knew they had a future even when they started 0-10. So it's because we don't have those those two positions kind of squared away uh, that the Browns definitely didn't get this right. 
And even if we try to kind of think through that a little bit, what if Cody Kessler is Kirk Cousins, who we didn't see much from in those first couple of years? Uh, and when we did see him, he didn't look very good. Cody Kessler's probably looked better than Kirk Cousins did in his first few games, besides his game against the Browns. And then you got Emmanuel Ogba and Carl Nassib, who may not be Khalil Mack dominating players, but, you know, he's kind of up there with Von Miller as uh, one of the most dominant players in the game. But because they don't have those two positions, they should hire a GM. So let's, let's, let's make this very, very clear. Mary Kay is not saying the Browns should blow it up. They don't, she's not saying the Browns should try something totally different. What she's saying is the Browns should find, um, like my, my guy on Twitter, Ryan Seabus, uh, said they should find that Voltron GM who had, who's young and experienced and scouting and a football guy and, but been a part of a team that has, uh, won championships and has a pedigree. Sounds really good. Where's that guy at? I would say he's not around. The other thing that's problematic about her take is that person then comes in and either has to do things the way the current regime is doing things, or you have to blow it up. There is no in-between really there. You're talking about giving someone who is uh, not a part of the kind of the analytics department, not a part of kind of their plan control over personnel decisions, but then having a bunch of people answer to him who are a part of the current regime, kind of looking at it in the direction that they are currently looking at it, and then have him answer to Sashi Brown, who is currently over the current regime, and yet somehow going to have all that work together? I'm not sure where the logic is to that. I don't think there is any because either that person gets frustrated because the information they're getting doesn't fit with what how they think, but the people working for them are gathering information based on kind of how the current regime thinks, or he gets frustrated and wants to fire everybody and gets Jimmy Haslam uh, and tries to win a power struggle and because he's a football guy, maybe he wins that power struggle. There's no possibility of bringing someone into that type of position. Someone who's a general manager, who has all this history, who has all this solid foundation, uh, isn't coming in and just going to leave the rest of the regime kind of alone. Isn't going to come in and answer to Sashi Brown. Isn't going to come in and answer to baseball guy Paul DePodesta. Isn't going to come in and have all of his scouts and all of his analysts doing things this new way. It's just not going to happen. It's unrealistic. And at some level, it's it's befuddling. Someone could think through this, where things are, and say, oh my goodness, there needs someone to make a decision and to bring in someone who's a football guy to make all of these personnel decisions to run the front office, but somehow keep the rest of it together. We don't want to blow it up. That's not what we're saying at all. There's some good here, maybe. It's, it's befuddling. It's ridiculous. And it makes no logical sense. But here's the thing. Mary Kay, Tony Grossi, the fans, many fans, not all, want what they do not have. And unfortunately, when we look at the Cleveland Browns, the Browns have consistently wanted what they don't have. 
when we look at kind of who Mary Kay is calling for, the question becomes is, have the Browns had that guy before? And I would say they have. You know, there's there's a variety of people that you can point back to and say, the Browns have had that type of guy. So let's go through it. Let's quickly go through the type that certain people and the types of people the Browns have had. So let's get someone who has led an organization to Super Bowls, to titles, the Browns' first president and CEO, Carmen Policy. Let's get let's get a player who understands football. General Manager Dwight Clark. Let's get a offensive guy. Let's get a guy who who can coach quarterbacks, who can can lead us in the direction of an offensive uh, juggernaut that we want to be and um, has experience. Chris Palmer, first head coach. Well, that didn't work. What about finding the next Jimmy Johnson? What about finding a college guy uh, who's really, really good, who uh, leads men and inspires people and uh, can lead kind of a young revolution, uh, knows a little defense, since that kind of Palmer thing didn't exactly work out uh, with that offense, knows defense and and can, can really make an impact uh, because he's that Jimmy Johnson type. Enter Butch Davis. Well, that doesn't work out. Let's uh, let's go to. I got it. I got it. I got it. There are there's Ozzie Newsom, who's a great general manager, and uh, let's go to his tree for a general manager um, and someone who just has learned under Ozzie Newsom, like Mary Kay wants, Phil Savage. But let's not stop there. Let's find someone who uh, was under the Bill Belichick tree too. So we get Ozzie Newsom and Bill Belichick, exactly what Mary Kay wants. Let's get that person for a head coach, someone who's just been a a stud as a coordinator. Let's let's see if he can step up into that role as a head coach because he because he learned under the tree of Bill Belichick. It's perfect. We'll have the we'll have Ozzie Newsom and Bill Belichick, the best of both worlds. Enter Romeo Cornell, head coach. All right, well, that didn't work. But uh, maybe maybe we just got the wrong Bill Belichick uh, guy. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's Eric Mangini who. We know that head coaches on their second time around tend to do better, and he's still a defensive guy, and we don't have to turn it over too much because it's you know three four defense, and and we already have some talent because Phil Savage was is a was a decent uh, GM talent scout guy, but but let's let's make sure we get a true scout. So maybe Phil Savage wasn't Ozzie Newsom's number one guy. Uh, let's get that other guy, George Kakonis. He's a real scout. He really knows what's going on. Hmm. Man, that didn't, it didn't ex- that didn't work out. And the Kokonas thing, uh, under lock and key, you're not going to hear people talk about that. Uh, firing him after uh, eight games. Um, and so Eric Mangini took over. But you know what we really could do? Let's find a coach. Let's find someone who can kind of be over it all, who knows, who knows how to be a leader, knows football, football guy, a czar, if you would, Mike Holmgren. All right, well, Mike Holgren didn't really want Eric Mangini, so maybe let's put him together with some of the people he, he might want or he, he does want. Um, Pat Shermer seems like a good fit for head coach. He's an offensive guy. He can really uh, figure things out offensively for the team. Uh, he fits into Holmgren, so uh, you have someone shopping for the groceries and cooking kind of on the same page. And, and Tom Hecker, really, again, another really, really good scout kind of guy coming out of the Eagles, so... 
Um, I think that's a really good idea there. We got we got the Eagles with um, Andy Reid. We got some of that from Tom Heckert, the scout guy, and Pat Shermer and, and Mike Holmgren's that football czar. Oh, all right. Well, that didn't really work. Uh, and and now we got a new owner. So maybe it's ownership. Maybe maybe Lerner just wasn't it. Jimmy Haslam. Oh, he learned under the Pittsburgh Steelers as a part-time owner or a part owner of, of the Steelers. So maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe Haslam uh, bringing in kind of the Steeler way will help and st- stability and all of that kind of stuff. And, and he'll bring in, well, look at that. Uh, another guy from the Eagles, Joe Banner will kind of come in and run things and uh, he'll have Bill Belichick's quote unquote, right-hand man, Mike Lombardi, even though Mike Lombardi have been, with out out of football for kind of years actually, but he's he's Bill Belichick's right hand man. And then we'll bring in Chud. We'll bring in Rob Chudinski, our former uh, offensive coordinator and tight ends coach. We'll get some great because well that Chip Kelly thing didn't really work out. Uh, we thought we had him. Eh, it didn't work out exactly the way we wanted it to. But we've got a guy, uh, Joe Banner, who's really developed uh, building a roster, building building a team. He understands that, and Mike Lombardi understands. Uh, how to find players and how to, and Chud knows how to, he's an inspirational kind of guy. Great. That, that didn't work either, huh? I think we've hit most of them, right? Oh, Mike Patton. Hey, great. Let's get a defensive coordinator who, who was with the Ravens. We like the, we like the Ravens, right? Ozzie Newsom and, and Phil Savage and George Kikonis. And uh, I know I'm belaboring this point, but I'm going to finish this darn point. Uh, uh, he was a defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan. So we're going to get that kind of aggressive thing and, and, well, uh, Banner thing didn't really work out. But Ray Farmer, he was someone who was destined to be a great GM. Played football, was a, just known as a scout. So he knows what he's doing. He is the scout guy, but also a player. Great. And we drafted Johnny Menzel, Justin Gilbert. Never drafted anybody that's a wide receiver. But we brought in Alex Shiner. Hey, if we're going to try to keep going to that well, let's go back. Let's go to Dallas. And they built this really awesome, huge stadium. And so maybe Alex Shiner can help, except he wanted to be a football guy somehow. And now, and all of those, when we look at all of those past people, you see that we've hit everything. We've hit the football guys with Holmgren and Mangini and Romeo Cornell and and we've hit the Baltimore Phil Savage Jorkakonis we've hit the Patriots with um, Mike Lombardi uh, we've been all over the place we've brought in all of them we've had them all here and the problem isn't with who we've had here and it might not even be with how patient we've been but I would say that's pretty high on the list. In the end, the problem isn't the type of person that you bring in. It's with the decisions those people make. When we made a lot of these hires, most people saw them as good hires. Maybe not Mike Pettin, but Ray Farmer was a really good hire. Alex Shiner, as a, as a CEO, president type, everyone saw as a really good hire. Joe Banner? Everybody saw as a good hire. Mike Lombardi, yeah, maybe not. Chud, mm, upside, young guy, offense. God, okay, maybe. Holmgren, oh, got your czar. Heckert's a great uh, scout guy who can kind of work under Mike Holmgren. So perfect, great. You got a football guy, and you got the scout guy, and 
And you even had the former player in Farmer, and you had the former player uh, in Dwight Clark, and you've you've had the the head coach from the from college that was just a star, gonna be great, Butch Davis, right? You've hit it all, and none of it's worked because a we haven't had patience. Whether it's whether we're talking about ownership, we're talking about media, or we're talking about the fans, there hasn't been patience. And the and the second part is. It's all about the decisions that are being made. You can call for whatever you want. Fans, I want you to hear me. You can call for whatever person, type of person that you want. You can be like me and think there's a possibility that Peyton Manning might step into the Browns organization at some point in time. I still believe that's possible. I'm not calling for it. could be really interesting. But you can want whatever you want. We've had them all. We've had every single type of person it hasn't worked because the decisions haven't worked because people didn't know how to work together, couldn't work together, didn't make good decisions. Nobody was patient enough, whatever it was. So when Mary Kay Cabot, who has covered this team forever, who's been on the beat, says, let's bring in a GM that's a football guy that doesn't fit in with the current regime, but let's just shove him into the regime. You can see why I'm frustrated and why I look at that as ignorance. It is an ignorant way of thinking. It's not possible to put someone who thinks totally different into a position of power and expect the cogs just to continue to run. It's not possible. It's like putting diesel fuel into a car that doesn't take diesel fuel. It does not work. That's not how the car is set up to run. So either you have to replace the entire engine You've got to strip it all down once again to bring in that football guy. But we know how that's worked with with Banner and with Farmer and with Mangini and with Holmgren, Cornell, Butch Davis. They're all been football guys. Maybe, just maybe, we can stop wishing for what we don't have and focus on what we do have. Maybe if those covering the team, especially those with those large platforms, would start thinking about how they represent, how they lead fans who read their stuff, as opposed to just always wanting something different, wanting something more. Maybe, just maybe, the Browns and their organization will be a little bit more patient. Maybe the media in Cleveland which, by the way, nationally is not respected at all and is actually laughed at, would get some respect. And maybe we could see a winner here in Cleveland. But fans, I want to be real clear with you. We've got to stop wishing for what we don't have, what's not there. We all wish Andrew Luck was available in this upcoming draft. He's not. That doesn't mean Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, or whoever else isn't going to be a good quarterback. We all wish a Khalil Mack type player that we know or we think we knew would be dominant, would be available. But I know this, if the Browns had drafted him, everyone, not everyone, many Browns fans would be upset because we always want what we can't have. We want the cake. We don't want to mix up the dough. Mary Kay has covered this team for years. This may have been the worst misguided article that she's ever written. There is no logic. 
There is no story as the Browns are 12 games in to a complete overhaul. A complete overhaul. There will be no football guy inserted into that machine. The machine either works or it doesn't. There is no in-between. But we need to give it three, four, and five complete seasons before we make that decision. Thank you for listening to this Locked on Browns podcast. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you support Tony Grossi and Mary Kay Cabot. Tell me why I'm an idiot. Tell me why I'm just railing against things. Tell me why I'm not open-minded. Tell me why I'm too positive about this new regime. Come get me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks again for stopping by. And go Browns. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.